commentary on it, all right? Chapter 12, verse 22, everybody says amen. All right, then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb, and he healed him insomuch that the blind and the dumb both spake and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, is not this the son of David? They seen him and the work that he was doing and says, this has to be the Messiah, right? Because the Bible tells us in the Old Testament that the Messiah would heal people, all right? Isaiah, matter of fact, Jesus, when John's disciples come to him and said, are you the Messiah? Are you the one or should we seek another? And, uh, and he told them to go back and tell John what I have done. Why? Because what he had done was an indication that was given in the Old Testament that he was the Messiah. So these people, they're seeing him heal these folks, and they said, this has to be the Messiah. But then you got the religious crowd. The Bible says in verse 24, but when the Pharisees heard it, they said, this fellow doth not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. They literally just called Jesus Satan, all right? This is a name of Satan. They literally, the religious leaders, all the people are there and they're saying, this has to be the Messiah. This is the anointed one. This is the chosen one. And the religious leaders said, no, this is Satan. Oh, I need somebody to help me. The Bible says, and Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? And if I, by Beelzebub, or Satan, cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges." But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is coming to you. Or else how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods except he first bind the strong man and then he will spoil his house? This is what Jesus is saying. You're trying to say that I'm Satan and I'm casting Satan out of these people. I'm casting devils out. He says that doesn't even make sense. Why would Satan cast himself out of somebody? Stay with me. This is what he says. He said, if you're going to, no, go back to the verse you own. If you are going to go into a house and rob it, you first have to bind the strong man. For you to bind the strong man, you better be stronger than the strong man. So what Jesus is literally saying right here is I'm stronger than Satan. Because I've walked into his world and I have bound Satan. I have bound the things of Satan. This is literally what he's saying. He's saying I, I come in here to spoil his domain. And he says, and I've done that and the only way that I can do that is to Bind him first, all right? And so he's literally letting them know that he is not equal to Satan. He is stronger than Satan, all right? Is everybody with me? Let me move on. Verse number 30. He that is not with me is against me. And he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. He said, you're either helping me or you're hurting. Is everybody with me? 
All right, now let's move on because it doesn't end there. Verse number 31. Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men. But the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaketh the word against uh, the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him. Neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that man shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you'd help us tonight, Lord, as we, uh, Lord, study your word. Lord, I pray that we uh, take what we hear tonight, apply it to our lives, and Lord, change our lives, change our world. And God, will be sure to give you all the honor and glory for it. For it's in Christ's name we pray, amen. You can have a seat. Thanks for standing. When we look at this passage of Scripture, we're going to deal with the second half of it, which I didn't give you commentary on. Is everybody all right? I just need you to have the context of the story. Jesus is, he's uh, healing people, and uh, he's doing a good work, and the people are recognizing this, and the people are turning their hearts towards him as the Messiah. They start saying, is not this the son of David? Do y'all remember that is a title that is given to the Messiah? You remember the blind man that sat by the wayside? He cried out, Jesus, thou son of David. What was he saying? He was saying, Jesus, the Messiah, all right? He knew who Jesus was. That's why Jesus stopped, and that's why Jesus helped that man that was blind, all right? But in this in, in this story, Jesus is healing people, and the people are turning towards him. They're giving him the recognition. Their hearts are turning towards him, and it upsets the religious leaders, and so they deflect what's going on, and they say, this ain't the Messiah. This is actually Satan. What he's doing is evil. So Jesus, he corrects them, all right? And then he says this to them. He says, uh, uh, you brood of vipers. <laughs> oh, man, he was really, I need somebody to help me. We get all upset with name calling, but Jesus did it all the time, all right? He said, you brood of vipers. In other words, what he was saying was, there's poison in your mouth. There's poison in your mouth. And he says that, he, he tells them, he says uh, uh, that uh, you, you, have, uh, you have blasphemed the Holy Ghost, all right? Because he said, the work that I'm doing, it isn't by Satan, it's by the power and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Even Jesus used, uh, uh, was used and allowed the Holy Spirit to work for, through him. And so Jesus is literally saying, the things that you have seen are from the Spirit. 
And then he goes on to say that uh, the, these things that he has done and, and these works that he has done through the Spirit, he says, you can speak against me, but to speak against the Holy Spirit... He says there is no forgiveness. This is the unpardonable sin, all right? And so anyhow, uh, people ask all the time, have I committed the unpardonable sin? No, you haven't committed the unpardonable sin. Unpardonable sin is a rejection of the Holy Spirit, the rejection of Christ, and that will come as long as you've got breath to breathe. You have an opportunity uh, to be saved, amen? And so uh, he's dealing here with a subject that I want to deal with for just a little bit tonight, and I've entitled it, Words Matter. Words Matter. You know, most of us think that words don't matter. What we say don't matter. I need somebody to help me. If we, re- if we truly believed that what we said mattered, we wouldn't say some of the things that we said that we say, right? Uh, If we truly believe that words matter, how many of y'all remember the song back in the day on the playground, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And uh, that doesn't, that's, that does not agree with the Bible. It doesn't agree with the Bible at all. Matter of fact, if we go and look at the Bible and what the Bible has to say about words, it says in Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's an an incredible statement. That's something that uh, you and I need to take note of, that death and life is in the power of that little thing in your mouth that you and I cannot control. Help me. James said it's an unruly member and nobody, no man can tame it. Uh, It's something that's very dangerous if it is loosed and not uh, uh, regulated and is not uh, watched over if it's not guarded. Can you agree with that or not? The truth is, is that our words matter. Words have the ability to destroy your marriage. Words have destroyed a many a marriage. I need somebody to help me. Words, words have destroyed many marriages. Words have destroyed many friendships, many relationships. Words, words have destroyed them. Words have destroyed many lives. Words have destroyed uh, uh, many churches. Y'all, don't get quiet on me. I know, I know it's going to be rough tonight. I know it is. I can already tell y'all under conviction right now we ain't even got to the thing, all right? Words have destroyed many churches. Words have destroyed many preachers. Words have destroyed many church members. Words, they, they have, uh, they've destroyed and they have cost people their jobs. Words have, I need somebody to help me. Words have cost people their jobs. It may not come down to yours. Maybe you've never been lied on or anything like that. But we got plenty of evidence of uh, of jobs all in Washington, D.C. where words cost somebody their job. Words have the ability to destroy your uh, 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 reputation. Uh, some of those words may be truthful. Some of them may be uh, false. But 
they have the power to destroy your reputation. Words have uh, started wars. I need somebody to help me. Words taken out of context have started wars. Wars are words have also brought peace. I want to talk to you tonight just for a few moments on words matter. I want you to notice Jesus here in this whole story. You may have missed it, but everything that he is talking about in this passage of Scripture concerns words. I read a bunch of verses right there, but it's all tied together and it all has the subject matter of our words. He tells them out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Let me see if I can break it down for you. Here he is doing a great work and all these people are excited about it, but somebody doesn't like what's going on, so they use their mouth and their words to attack him. And when they attack him, he literally, he says, he says out of the abundance, he said, I know who you are. He said, let me, let me put it like this. Jesus is knowing their thoughts. He says, you think I'm from Satan, but I know by your words who's pulling your strings. Oh, I know by your words who's pulling your strings. Even when he goes and he talks about the tree and the fruit, he's still talking about the heart and the mouth. It, 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 he hasn't gotten away from it. Don't, don't. He says that you will know the tree by the fruit, but what he's really saying is you will know their heart by their mouth. Words matter. Words matter. I want you to notice three things with me tonight. I want you to notice, first off, the revelation of words. Words reveal what we believe. I need somebody to help me. Words reveal what we believe. The Bible tells us that thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God is raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unrighteousness, and with the confession is made, Unto salvation. Our words, what we believe. All right? It reveals. Our words reveal what we truly believe. But let me say this. Our words reveal who we really are. I need somebody to hear me tonight. Our words reveal who we really are. Some say, I'm a Christian. But their words reveal differently. Some say, I love my church. But their words reveal something different. Some say, I love my preacher. But their words reveal something different. Some say, I love my wife. But their, rever- their words reveal something very different. I need somebody to help me. Wives, y'all ain't getting off on this one. Some say, I love my husband. But your words say different. See, the truth is, is that your words reveal your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. I preached this to Michelle Monday. Is everybody all right? 
And uh, me and Michelle, I've been I've been hashing this thing out and been trying to get it going and trying to figure it out. Uh, I, I, and and the reason that I did is because I heard a preacher preach and I was uh, I was sitting there going, oi, 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 how, ooh, how, oi, right? The truth is, is that my mouth. Oh, I need somebody to help me. Don't get quiet on me right now. Your mouth will reveal your spiritual maturity. Some of y'all that's got it all figured out and think you're 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 the greatest thing, and you you I'm telling you, you're holier than thou. You got it all. I mean, you're perfect, and everybody else is. I need somebody to help me. Your mouth reveals where your heart is. You can only fool somebody so long. We can only fool somebody so long. Sooner or later, it's going to come out. Why? So we understand. I want you to first see with me the revelation of our words. I want you to notice this. A critical heart reveals itself through criticism. Oh, I'm having fun. Y'all all right? Y'all need an altar call between points? A critical heart reveals itself through critical words. A self-righteous heart reveals itself through judgmental words. A bitter heart reveals itself through harsh words. An ungrateful heart reveals itself through complaining words. See, the truth is is that your words matter. Because your words reveal who you really are. I need somebody to help me tonight. If you really want to grow in Christ, then you need to take assessment of your words. Because your words is who you really are. It's not what goes in a man that defiles him. It's what comes out. Once again, Words matter. Old Solomon might have been on to something. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. If you want to really know who you are, listen. Say, preacher, am I, am I, am I, do I have a critical spirit, preacher? You can answer that for yourself. Preacher, am I, am I self-righteous? You can answer. Is everybody all right? Man, I had to take inventory. I sat right there and I listened and I'm like, I need to start. To my words. I said something today, and I told Michelle, I said, here I am going to preach on words. And I didn't say nothing bad about her. I just said something, and I'm like, right? Throw my sucker in the dirt, kicking rocks. The revelation of words, our words reveal who we really are. If all you are is a gossip, if that's all you do, if all you do is like to talk and bring up drama, 
If all you do is like to gossip, <laughs> I, just, I just made half of y'all mad right now. Stop it. Gossip is wrong. You know what blasphemy, you know what, you know what the definition of blasphemy is? I'm going to teach you. I got, let me get over there. I'm going to have to look it up. Y'all got time for this? I don't care if you do or not. You're here now, all right? So we're going to stay with it. I, I, I looked this word up, and I, I didn't write it down. I should have. Uh, but I, 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 I looked this word up, and the, the Strong's definition, all right? We didn't go with Webster. We went with the Strong's definition, which bases it off of uh, the, the text and the, the, the language, the translation. And blasphemy is this, slander. Detraction, which is basically detraction is, is uh, uh, cause, uh, causing others to look at somebody less. Speech injurious to another's good name. That's what blasphemy is. Have you ever slandered somebody? Have you ever... Uh, uh, let, me, let me get this word right here just so I make sure I've given y'all the right one. I don't do it on this. I do it on my phone. But anyhow, uh, uh, have you ever spoken in a way that was injurious to another's name, good name? That's what this blasphemy is. Is everybody all right? Words matter. In the, in the translation, we see blasphemy, this word, this, this, uh, this, this Greek word, it's translated 16 times as blasphemy. It's translated twice as railing on someone. And it's translated once as evil speaking. You ever spoke evil about somebody? You ever blasphemed somebody? Words matter. Words reveal what we believe and who we really are. So we see the revelation of words. I want you to notice number two, the recording of words. The re let me say it this way. Our words are recorded by individuals here on earth. Stay with me, all right? Has somebody ever said something to you and you've never forgotten it? <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought... I thought sticks and stones broke our bones, and words would never hurt us, right? How many of you remember something someone said to you that hurt? Oh, yeah. You remember it? Some Maybe word for word. You might not even remember it word for word, but I guarantee you this. You remember it, right? Why? Because our words are recorded. By men here on earth. When you say something, my, my, man, my staff makes me so mad. Is everybody all right? They always come to me and they say, Brother Robbie, what do you want me to do about it? I don't care what you do about it, but you said. I'm like, I did not say that. Oh, yeah. Y'all remember, the, remember the, uh, uh, the commercial? They throw the red flag. Let's have a replay on what Brother Robbie said. Sure enough, Josh, I said it. Sometimes I didn't. They lie. My secretaries know how to manipulate things, all right? But the truth is, is that 
Our words are recorded while here on the earth. But I need you to know this, and this is very important because Jesus points this out. Our words are recorded in heaven. And Jesus, he's speaking here, and he says that every idle word is recorded. Me and I will give an account for verse number 36. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. That ought to scare us half to death. That ought to scare us half to death. Every careless word, every idle word, every word that's not for the edifying or not for the glory of God, every word I'm going to give an account for. That means when you speak against somebody, you're going to give an account for that. (laughs) Come on, I need somebody to help me now. If you say something negative, it makes me want to go back and delete everything I've ever said about Democrats. It might be true, but hey, some words I'm going to give an account for. I'm telling you, this ain't worked on me. We see the revelation of our words, but we see the record of our words, the recording of our words. Words matter. Words matter. We think, we think that only our actions matter, but according to the Bible, according to Jesus, our words matter. We have the revelation of our words. We have the record of our words, and y'all need an y'all need a altar call. We have the repercussions of our words. I want you, just for a moment, look at the repercussions of our words. I want you to notice our words, repercussions of our words. Our words are eternal. Our words are eternal. They're recorded in heaven. Of course, we've already seen that. We've just seen that in the last point. But I want you to notice in verse number 37, if you will, for by the words, for by thy words, thou shalt be justified. And by thy words, thou shalt be condemned. Did you notice that, uh, um, um, that Jesus here is telling us that our words have the power to reconcile us with God and our words have the power to separate us from God? They're eternal. Jesus even said it like this in verse number 32. He says, And whosoever speaketh the word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Our words are eternal. You can't take back what you said. Uh, (laughs) It ain't, I need somebody to help me. You just don't fix it with a, I'm sorry. Words are eternal. I notice not only are they eternal, but words are effectual. 
I looked up that word effectual and it literally means capable of, re- of producing an intended effect. What that means is, is that you, by your words, can speak life or death. Is everybody all right? Capable of, that's what it is, capable of producing an intended effect. We can do it with our words. You can, you can call somebody pain and grief by your words. Capable of producing an intended effect by your words. You want a bad husband? You can have one. You want a good husband? You can have one. Oh, fellas, I wasn't going to let y'all off. You want a good wife? You want a bad wife? Good kids? Bad kids. Words matter. Words matter. Do you realize the power of words? According to Solomon, he says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. Your words matter. They matter in your relationship. Husbands, are you we talking bad about our wives? I do it all the time. Y'all forgive me. I do it all the time. I tell y'all I mess around in here and it's all joking and all fun and everybody laughs and everything else. But I'm sitting here going, after hearing that sermon, words matter. My wife don't cook. Words matter. My husband this, my husband that. Words matter. My kids, they're so bad. Y'all don't want to say that. I know that. Y'all, oh, my little angels. No, your kids ain't angels. Your kids are you, all right? Somebody help me. Words matter. Our words, they're effectual. They're capable of producing. And an intended effect, which means that if you want your family to be the way it should be, you need to use words that produce that. Oh, that's good. Is everybody all right? Let's talk about it just for a few moments. Ephesians chapter number five. Ephesians chapter number five. This is one of them good chapters. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Hey, can you go to it? Uh, Miss Michelle's up there, Miss Michelle Harnage, which just had a birthday, I'm assuming, right? Praise the Lord. Everybody was saying, happy birthday, Michelle Harrington. Me and Michelle's going, what are they talking about? They meant Michelle Harnage. Ephesians 5, verse 25. If you can get us to Ephesians 5, verse 25. Ephesians chapter number 5, this is that good chapter. Is everybody with me? It's that good chapter that tells the wives that they're to submit to their husbands. 
Words matter. I need somebody to help me. Words matter. Did Jesus say it? Did God say it? Yes, words matter. And so, wives, you are to submit to your husbands. Somebody, I need a husband to say amen other than my son over there going, hallelujah, preacher. All right. Verse number 25, I want to show you something. Man, I, 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 I didn't see this. I, I was shown this. Husbands, love your wives. That was your place, ladies. That was your chance right there to say, "Woo, hallelujah. I'm going to say it again. Husbands, love your wives. Okay. All right. All right. Hey, the men, they didn't have a, see, the men didn't have a backbone to say, that's right, submit. All right. But the ladies, I'll give you a second chance. All right. So anyhow, husbands, love your wives. Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Go to verse number 26. Watch this. That he might sanctify and cleanse it by the washing of water, by the words matter. Christ is sanctifying and cleansing his bride by his Mm. Maybe if you and I would work on edifying, building up, speaking life into our spouse, we'd have the marriage that we really wanted. Maybe if we did that to the kids, we'd have the kids that we really wanted. Is everybody all right? See, our words, they're... They're effectual, they're eternal, they're effectual. That's the repercussions of our word. They're effectual. They have the capability of producing an intended effect. But our, our words are essential. We might get into this thing and say, well, I ain't never going to speak again. <laughs> and while that might make some people happy, <laughs> words are essential. Because the Bible says it's by our words that we're saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's our words. Right? The Bible says if we confess our sins, that's with our words. Confess. It's with our words. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I don't know anybody in the church that don't want to be cleansed from all unrighteousness. Don't want to be forgiven for our sins. But to be forgiven for our sins requires words are essential. And words are essential. If they're essential with God, then they're essential with every aspect of our life. Agree or disagree? This preacher I was listening to, you can go ahead, Brother Matt. The preacher I was listening to, he said this. He said, the most profound, I can't remember how he worded it. The most divine, I think is how he said it. He says, the most divine words ever sent to man was this. I was wrong. 
please forgive me. <laughs> I was wrong. Please forgive me. When you Essentially, when you look at that, if we confess our sins, I was wrong. Please forgive me. He will, all right? If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. If you want to get your relationships right, then it will, it's essential on your, come on now, your words. Words matter. Maybe tonight you need to bring your spouse down here. <laughs> Find a place around the altar and say, I was wrong. Please forgive me. Maybe you need to bring your kids down here. <gasps> I ain't telling my kids I was wrong. Words matter. Words matter. Do you realize that it is words that got you in the place you are right now in your relationship? It's words. It, whether it's with your kids, whether it's with somebody in the church, whether it's with your spouse, Words is what got you in the place you're in right now. It's what has separated you. You know what's going to fix it? Words. Why? Because words matter. Words matter. We're going through life saying things as if it's no big deal. Putting somebody down like it ain't, it ain't nothing. But words matter. I'm going to give an account. You're going to give an account for our words. You want a better relationship tonight? Start off with your words. Hey, preacher, there's got to be an action behind it. Yeah, we'll, we'll work on that sermon another time. Tonight we're going to deal with the one sermon that we're talking about, the one thing that we're talking about, and that's words. Words matter. You want a better, you want a better relationship? Words matter. Say, my, my marriage is great. Words matter. You want to keep it great? Words matter. My kids are great. You want to keep them great? Words matter. There's repercussions to our words. Tonight, you have the ability to bridge the gap that your words caused. That preacher said, I was wrong. Please forgive me. Bow your heads. Altars are open. You come do business. Words matter. Words matter.